Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of Luke chapter 14, verses 25 through 30, we're going to be looking at the false halfway Christianity. And I want to apologize for the worst audio quality audio quality today. I am actually I'm recording in my room, not my closet, because my laptop is at like zero percent battery, so I had to keep it plugged in. And there's no outlet in my closet. I don't really know who keeps an outlet in their closet. But it is unfortunate. I don't have my room sound treated, whereas my closet is. And it's just, it is unfortunate. I have my window open because I'm thinking, like, maybe the sound waves will just, like, escape through there. I don't know if that's how that works. But, you know, I try. So... (laughs) Hopefully my editing skills can kind of take that away. Unfortunately, I don't have many editing skills, but, you know, we will see. But today's readings are coming from the Christian Standard Bible, and I know you're probably like, wait, why is it not the NIV? Like, you've already changed it three times. And it's just, you know, I'm feeling the CSP today. And that's about it. So, (laughs) the passage reads... Now great crowds were traveling with him, so he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, wanting to build a tower, doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, after he's laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to ridicule him, saying, This man started to build and wasn't able to finish. So today, we see two things. We see the negative, which is, a halfway following, and then we see, obviously, what we are commanded to do, which is bear the cross and follow Jesus, come after Jesus. So, halfway Christianity, Jesus uses the analogy of building a tower and not finishing it. And I think that's a good point. So, if you know, you know, you think of especially taxpayer money, Whenever there is a halfway completed project, we always get mad. Like, you know, think of road work. You know, if they do road work halfway and don't finish it, you know, we we rightly make fun of them. You know, or if someone starts building a house or starts building a big old tower and then they don't finish it, you know, it's like, look at these clowns. Like, imagine if Noah, when he's building his ark, half built half of it and then just stopped. Like, people made fun of him as it was. But just imagine if Noah had stopped, like people would not have let him hear the end of it. And this is what Jesus compares a halfway faith. But yet we do halfway faith all the time. You know, we do this like, you know, I'm going to commit to Jesus in everything that I do, except everything that we do is something that we already did, you know, And we say, you know, we're just following after Jesus, right? But we're not. We're letting Jesus follow after us. Our The way we live our lives doesn't change. We just, you know, hope that we can sprinkle in some Jesus into what we already do. You know, you see this with travel sports. 
you know, where, you know, we can bring Jesus to our Sunday games. Like, no, you know, Jesus has to inform everything that you do. And you need to base the decisions that you make off of being a disciple, not base being a disciple off of the decisions that you make. And this turns people away. You know, Jesus' disciples, they were like, Jesus, your sayings are hard and you're losing a lot of followers. And Jesus was okay with that because he is not looking for, you know, an easy kind of comfortable lifestyle. He's looking for people who are obedient and who do as he did. You know, this is hard teachings, but it's also great comfort to know that we're following after Jesus. For us, it's really easy. When we look at bear your own cross, that makes a lot of sense because we know that Jesus died on a cross. But you have to realize that Jesus said this before he had physically bore the cross, before he had actually died on the cross. Jesus was saying this. So this is kind of like, you know, it's kind of makes, does not make sense to them. It really had its full meaning for them. Because we think of the cross as like, you know, this nice Jesus piece that we wear. No, the cross was a form of imprisonment and that led to death. Okay, when you bore your cross in Roman times, you were going to die and going to die an excruciating death. And for us, we can think of this as, you know, handcuffs. You know, they didn't have handcuffs back then, but they had you know, they would have, I guess they would have had ropes, you know, they could tie you down, but they would have had, you know, if you're bearing your cross, that is not freedom. That is not like, oh, you're just going towards wherever you want to go. If you're bearing a cross, you're not where going where you want to go. And the second point today is that when you bear your cross, you are now living after Jesus intentionally living after Jesus, not a halfway, you know, Jesus kind of follows after us. No, this is a come after me, come after Jesus and be his disciple. This means that wherever you are at, the decisions you make must be made for Jesus. This means that maybe you need to stop watching the things that you watch. Maybe it means you need to stop giving time to the things you're giving time to. You need to let the cross inform your every decision. Everything you do must be subservient to King Jesus. This means that we are now slaves of righteousness. And this slaves of righteousness is not a bad thing. It is we are now on the way to glory. We are now living only for Jesus. And that is great news. We are now living for King Jesus. And we are now living in his command. That's great news. We now are not building a tower halfway and just to be made fun of. We are now heading towards glory and on Jesus' team where we know that we will have true glory. And so this means that these good things in our lives, you know, 
our father, our mother, our wife and children, our brothers and sisters, these good things, even our own life. We don't live for those anymore. We live for Christ. That's who we live for. Then we can rightly do these things. Then we can, you know, get these things that we need. It's, you know, I see this all the time, you know, where people live for their future, where they will just try and live to, and it's, you know, it's earthly wisdom. You know, you want to save up for your future and make wise decisions, but you need to let Christ be the first desire. You know, is your 401k subservient to Jesus or is Jesus subservient to your 401k? That's a question we need to be asking. Is our tithing, does our tithing reflect a trust in Christ? Or does our trust in Christ, you know, bend to our budget? We need to be living lives that are wholly sold out to Christ, where we are bearing our cross and coming after Jesus, not the other way around, not making Jesus come after us. Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. If you've not already, I encourage you to go to our website, adoptedbelievers.com, where you can find podcasts, resources, all sorts of cool stuff, and you can share this with your friends. It's a great way for you to help us. Without further ado, I'm going to see you all next time.